here, welcome to She Can, the podcast, where the goal is for you to leave each episode feeling empowered to go after what you want and knowing that if she can, so can you. Let's get started. Hi friend, I hope you are well. I am so excited to be talking to you on a sunny day. It's beautiful. I'm just back from the hairdressers and I had a really interesting conversation with my hairdresser this morning and it got me thinking about talking to you on this podcast. Now what she was talking, we were talking about social media and we were talking about how some days it can make you feel great and some days it can make you feel not so great and she was saying that she has more of the negative days with it than positive so she actually just came off it altogether and she has seen a major improvement in her life in her mindset and everything about what she does because she's not on social media and it got me thinking about comparison so often we go onto social media and we compare you know we compare our business to someone else's, we compare our home to someone else's, we compare our children to someone else's, their children look better behaved, their children look like, you know, they're better put together, their decor is nicer, they drive a better car than us, all of that type of thing. But the very idea of this podcast, She Can, is using that comparison in a positive manner and rather than saying, she can do that and I can't, she has that and I don't, instead of doing that, using it as the very inspiration to help you move forward in your life. And that's a concept, not so much comparison, but it's more along the lines of modelling. And that's one of the keys in life to getting what you want is modelling. So sometimes we don't do things in life for no real reason, but we just don't do it. And we're just in the same place and we don't really know how to move forward or why we're not moving forward. And so much of it is about who you spend your time with and how you look at the people that you spend time with or the people that you, that take space in your mind. So those people could be people that you follow on Instagram. They could be people who you you know, you're mentored by, they could be people people in your life, they may not necessarily have to be your close friends. The thing is with social media, the impact that someone has on your mindset, if you spend a lot of time on social media, an influencer on Instagram could be having more of an impact on you than your best friend. If you spend more time looking at their stories and watching their content than you do speaking to your best friends. So, you know, there's there's a saying that you become the average of the five people that you spend most time with. And I think social media has actually put a really different spin on that because it's not just about who you spend time with in real life. It's about who you watch and whose voice you actually listen to. And it's really interesting because sometimes our mentors in life, people who lead us, are not necessarily people in real life. They could be, you know, from a podcast or they could be from the television or they could be on the radio. These people are not necessarily people who we actually physically hang around with. But it's it's really interesting because it works both ways. If you spend time with five positive people, you'll become the sixth. If you spend time with five kind people, you will become the sixth. If you spend time with five people who are go-getters and success-driven, you will become the sixth. If you spend your time with five people who are negative, Debbie Downers, moaning about life all the time, you will become the sixth. If you spend time with five people who are idiots, you will become the sixth. So 
often we look at people in on social media and things and we think that they're lucky but nine times out of ten they're not lucky they're doing something different and if you can find out what that distinction is then there's no reason why you can't do it too you can take on that success leaves clues you just have to find out what those clues are and find out what has led to that success. It's worthwhile to study what they have going on and it's also worthwhile studying what's happening when someone has a negative impact on you. So when someone annoys you or when someone rubs you up the wrong way, just having a think about what have they said that's actually annoyed me because nine times out of ten, it's something that you do as well. It's you see yourself in other people. So just something to think about with this. If you think of, say, five people in your life or who you take information from, who you listen to, think of those five people and think about why you admire them, why you take what they say and you implement that into their life, why you take their advice, what's wonderful about them, what irritates you about them and just journal on that for a few minutes and just have a think about who these people are, why they make you feel the way that they do and what it is about them that you either admire or you don't admire so much so for example maybe someone who rubs you up the wrong way you could put their name and you can maybe it's that they you feel that they're arrogant or you feel that they are self-centered or you feel that they never ask questions about you or you feel like they make you feel smaller than or less than when you speak to them for example and then also think about people who you admire people who think about all the qualities that they have so put the person's name and maybe it's because they're disciplined when I wrote my list, I had a, a huge list and I'm, I'm looking at one here. So I've got the person's name and I've got disciplined cam put together. I've got another person's name and I've got her work ethic is insane. She has very high standards. She's a wonderful mum and a really good friend. She's never afraid to go after her dream life and take the action necessary. She has a huge heart. And very quickly, you start to see a theme of the people that you admire. You start to see similarities among the people that you admire and you start to realise that they all have something in common. So when I wrote my list and I wrote all the people who I admired and I really dived into why I admired them and what it was about them that I really thought was really impressive and I realised that they were all unafraid to set the plan, execute the plan and not care about what others think. And all of the people who I wrote down had the same commonalities, the same thread. And when you do that, it's really interesting. You can start to see that they're all doing something different. They're doing something that is worthwhile you studying to see what impact that has on you. It's a concept called millions of mirrors. We're attracted to people and we're also turned off people. But those things that stand out most to us are the things that remind us most of ourselves, which is very interesting. And you often don't even see it or appreciate it in other people if you don't have it in yourself, which is so, so interesting. So when you write that list, and when you write out that someone is so, you know, they're driven, they're passionate, they're kind, they're they're putting other people first, they they always are so grateful for everything they have. Whatever your 
positive attributes of these people are, nine times out of ten, it's because you have that in yourself. Your intuition is your teacher. What you're so drawn to in other people is you. What you see in other people and you admire, that's what you already have in you. What is it that you're noticing about other people that you don't notice about yourself? And that's really, really interesting. And it's really interesting to have a look as well at your social media accounts that you follow. Have a look at the influencers who you, you know, they, you watch their content and you enjoy what they do because a lot of what they do is what you want to become. A lot of what they have is what you want to have one day. So it's just that anticipation and that thinking about the future and that visualization, which is so, so important. So always remember that you notice about other people, what you have within you, what you can and there's no reason why you cannot achieve and go after in your own life and what you have and you just want to magnify that even more, which is so so interesting when you actually start to write that list and you start to see, okay, so maybe maybe I am driven, maybe I do have a good work ethic, maybe I am disciplined, maybe I am calm, maybe I do feel put together. And it's just really eye-opening when you realise that that's you. People look at you and they see these same attributes. And wouldn't it be wonderful if you realised that and you lived your life the way that you look at these other people and you believe they should be living their life? Because you have all of that within you, which is just so, so exciting. So when we understand that, when we get our head around that, that we admire in other people what we actually have within ourselves, how can we use that and how can we max that out when we're going for our goals and we're trying to be more successful in our own lives? Well, when you understand that you not only become the average of the five people that you spend your time with, but you also will have a life that's a direct reflection of the expectation of your peer group. So it's not just about what the people around you have and who they are and how they act. It's also what they expect, what they what their standards are. So if you're surrounding yourself by people with really low standards in whatever area of life, your standards will become lower. If you're surrounding yourselves with people with high standards and who are excellent in everything that they do, then you are going to start becoming that way too. It's about becoming part of a team the secret to wealth and happiness is to become a team player and that is the case with not only your work, your business, your relationships, your friendships, your family, it's it's literally the case with everything. People will do more for others than they do for themselves. You do more for other people than you do for yourselves. It's something that just drives us as human beings. We love doing more for other people than we do for ourselves and it's so so crucial to to realize that because when you realize that you can really use that to your advantage people do the best that they can with the resources that they have we're all doing our best I was in a situation yesterday where there was a little bit of conflict it was a zoom call with different people in in different areas and different priorities and everybody obviously is coming out the other side of a really tough year and there was a little bit of confrontation and conflict and there was some people who were a little bit upset and I came off the call and I spoke to Stephen about it and I said do you know what everyone is just doing their best everyone is doing their best and that looks to some people different to than it looks to you but you're doing your best with what you have and when you realize that when you can look at someone and look at a situation and think they're just doing their best 
then it all of a sudden just relieves any strain, any conflict, any aggravation, and you're just seeing the best in that person. So always remember that if you're ever in a situation like that, if you're ever, you know, seeing people upset or, you know, you're in a kind of robust conversation, just remember everyone's doing their best with what they have. And there are no unresourceful people, only unresourceful states. So when you are feeling unresourceful, it's not you, it doesn't necessarily define you. When you're feeling stuck, when you're feeling lost, when you're feeling like you just don't know where to go, it's not you, that doesn't define you, it's about your state that you're in. So we know about your peak state, which I've already spoken about a lot before um, on this podcast, it's something that I learned from Tony Robbins and your peak state is basically the state where you're in, where you're, you've moved your body, you've listened to high vibe music, your blood's flowing, you're eating good food and your body and your mind are ready to go. So when you're feeling unresourceful, change your state and you'll change your life. And it sounds very basic, but it's so, so true. So in real life conversations, when we know that we mirror other people, we see in other people what we like about ourselves, how does that actually translate logistically, physically, practically? So one of the key things to building your success is building rapport, it's building relationships, it's building community. Rapport is created by that feeling of community and you create a feeling of community by making people feel like you are like them. You're making people feel like you have something in common with them. There's there's some kind of unity. People like people who are like themselves or like they would like to become at some point. So There's three forms of communication. You've got your words, you've got your voice quality or your tone of voice, and then your physiology, your your body. And it's really, really interesting because you think that the words that you speak have so much impact on what you say, on how you make people feel, but actually words are just a tiny, tiny percentage of your communication. Words are 7% of communication. Voice qualities are 38% of communication. So when I say voice quality, I mean your tone of voice. Are you really excited to be here? Or are you so bored you just hate all of this? It's so boring. <laughs> you know, it's totally contradictory and you can make people feel really excited, really needs to go with the tone of your voice or you can make them go to sleep with the tone of your voice. (laughs) Probably not the best tact for a podcast, however, just to show you how this impacts you, or also the volume of how you speak. You can speak really loud and really vibrantly and have loads of energy behind your voice, or you can be really quiet as a mouse. If you have a really strong thing to say, if you want to inspire someone, would you do it loudly or quietly? Would you say, come on, you can do it you've got this. (laughs) You wouldn't, would you? You would be absolutely loud and proud. You would say, you have got this. You can do it. You would have that conviction and that power behind your voice. And it's about the inflection as well of your voice. So voice quality is a massive part of communication. And also, actually, thinking about a podcast, the only form of communication um, in the podcast are the, the voice quality and the words, because physiology has very little to do with it. Although you can tell if someone is moving their body a lot when they're speaking, or if they're being really still and their their body's been very stagnant, 
because that comes across in the way that you speak. However, when you first meet someone in real life, your physiology is the number one thing that you are judged on. It's the number one thing that you are communicating. As soon as someone sees you, it's the way that you're holding yourself. It's the way that you walk into a room. It's the way that you're holding your head. It's the way that you smile. It's the way that you greet someone. It has such an impact. And honestly, that's something that I think due to social media and being stuck in houses for a long time, people are losing the skills of. You know, it's a bit daunting walking into a room of a lot of people now, whereas we used to absolutely take that for granted and just go with the flow of that. It's something that you actually have to think about, but your physiology is 55% of communication. But when you first meet someone on that first impression, your style is more important than substance initially. What you look like, how you hold yourself, how your body is, what your body says is more important than the words that you speak in that first instance. And it's really, really important. It's really interesting. It's it's about your posture. It's about your gestures. It's about your eye contact. You want eye contact, but not to the weird, awkward, stop lingering too long eye contact. It's about your facial expressions. It's about your breathing your proximity, are you standing close to them? Are you standing too close to them? Because that can affect it, especially now. Touch, are are you touching them? Are you shaking hands? Or, you know, do you have a hand on their shoulder? All that kind of thing is so, so important. That's 55% of communication. So when you're creating rapport with someone, the best thing to do is mirror their words, mirror their voice quality, mirror their physiology. And that makes people think that you're like them. It makes people feel at ease and they feel like they're part of a community because you have created that rapport by mirroring and doing what they do, using the words that they use, mirroring their voice quality and mirroring their physiology. If someone is speaking to you using low vibe words, they're using, you know, they've got a quiet voice, they're speaking slowly, their their physiology is somewhat slouched and they're just coming across a little bit nervous or anxious because of the way that they're holding themselves. If you were to mirror that and if you were to speak slowly, use the words that they're speaking, speak quietly, have a similar posture to them, get down to their level, you would make them feel far more at home than you would if you had the opposite. If you had a loud voice and you were speaking quickly and you your posture was kind of overbearing for them, then they wouldn't feel as comfortable. So it's really, really interesting because these elements of mirroring can have such an impact. Matching and mirroring is such an impact with communication. And this exercise of writing out the people's names who really inspire you and who really, you know, who you hold a lot of admiration for, it's such an interesting thing to do. And then when you have written about someone, then to make their day, you could take a picture of it and send it to them. When I initially did this, Um, a wee while back, I wrote a lot of things that I now have, I now do. So for example, I wrote the Braid Sisters as one of my um, people who I really admire and I've written underneath it, buying a barrel of water and dipping into every morning is just so impressive. They're so disciplined. It's so fun. They've set themselves a challenge. They're real, they're raw, they're down to earth and they're they're inspiring. And since I wrote that, I then interviewed them on the podcast and then I now do cold water dipping every every Sunday because of the inspiration that they gave me. Also my sister, because she was 
a, like a huge part of that as well. But various different people are on here for various different reasons. And it's just so interesting how when you realise that you see that in someone else, you start to embody it, you start to do it. One of the, re- the first thing that I've written for my sister was she gave up sugar. She's very disciplined. She never moans. She's so positive. She's so capable. And the first thing, giving up sugar, I've actually done that now. I've given up sugar. And it's something that I've been totally inspired to do by her. So comparison doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Use it as inspiration. Use it as you fuel to your fire. Use it to get better. Think of it not as comparison, but think of it as mirroring. Because the way to get better is to look at people, to model their behaviour, look at people that you admire, model their behaviour, and then immersion. Immerse yourself in becoming better in whatever way that is. So immerse yourself in giving up sugar or immerse yourself in taking up that hobby. Or if you want to learn a new language, what's the best way to learn it? If you want to learn French, you could learn it one hour a week for, you know, every week for a year and you would still maybe be very conversational. Or you could just go to France and ditch the English and just speak French for the course of a month and you would speak French much, much quicker. Immersion is the best way to learn and then team that with space repetition. Learning to do something, immersing yourself in it and then giving yourself repetition of that immersion over the course of a long period of time because you always, always have to go back to learning. You always have to reinforce that. You always have to take a refresher course. If you were, you know, for example, a nurse and you hadn't done nursing for a long time, you would have to keep up your qualifications. You would have to do refreshers before you actually go back to nursing people. It's just how you learn best. So use it as a positive. Take on board from people what you want to become what you admire in them and realise you have that within you, you can model their words, model their tone, model their physiology. Success leaves clues. You just have to find them, put them on your board and become the best version of yourself along the way. I hope this has helped. Loads of love and I'll see you really soon. Thank you so much for listening. If you found value from that episode today, then I would love for you to share it on your social media. You'll find me at Instagram at Meg McLean UK and the podcast is at She Can Pod. And if you found value, then please hop onto Apple Podcasts and write a five star review. I would love you forever. And that really helps the visibility of the podcast and helps us get good guests and all the rest of it on the podcast. So thanks so much for your time. Thank you for spending your half hour with me and I hope to see you really soon. <laughs>